The Early Bird Waking Up Too Early I don't need an alarm clock. Every day my daughter wakes up early, usually before six o'clock. Is there any way to get her to sleep longer in the morning, or is she just an early bird? It is true that some children seem to be natural early birds, but only about 10 to 15 percent actually have a biological tendency to be a complete lark. Another small percentage is somewhat larkish, but most early rising children are simply waking up early for outside reasons that affect their rising time, and these can be changed. You may be able to tell if your little one is really a lark if she does any of the following. Wakes up on her own and is cheerful and chatty. Is most active and energetic in the late morning to early afternoon. Sleeps soundly. Gets tired after dinner. Goes to bed early and easily. Wakes up early no matter what time she goes to bed. If this describes your child, you may indeed have a little lark on your hands. Even so, you might be able to squeeze a little bit more sleep time in the morning if you make some changes in your child's routines by applying the ideas that follow. If your early riser does not fit the previous description, she's likely not a natural-born lark, and you'll have good luck encouraging a later wake-up time once you start using the following ideas. First things first. One of the common reasons for early waking is simply that your child has had enough sleep. If your two-year-old is napping for two hours and then getting an average amount of hours of sleep at nighttime, that would be 11 night sleep hours. If she is going to bed at 7 o'clock p.m., guess what? 11 hours later, it's 6 o'clock a.m. Remember, too, that early has a different definition for everyone. Many people arise at 5 o'clock a.m. or even before that without considering it too early. Even if your child is getting less than the sleep hours we talked about, she may be one of those rare children who needs a bit less sleep than the average. In either case, you can't expect her to sleep longer in the morning simply because you went to bed at midnight or were up all night with her baby brother and you're still tired. Oh, but if it only worked that way. If this is the case in your house, you have two options. Gradually move her bedtime later by about 10 to 15 minutes until she's going to bed an hour later and, you hope, waking an hour later in the morning. An earlier bedtime is often best for a child, and sometimes a bedtime change won't affect awakening time. But you certainly can experiment with this to see if you can find a happy medium that works for both of you. The other choice, of course, is to make your own bedtime earlier so that an earlier wake-up time works for you. This may be nicer than you think since most larks are cheerful in the morning and grumpy in the late evening. So by adjusting your family hours, you'll have more time in that happy place together. Other reasons why your child may be waking up early. If you've added up your child's sleep hours and determined that an excess of sleep isn't the cause of early awakening, you should be able to add more sleep time in the early morning. Before getting into the general tips for encouraging longer sleep, it may help to figure out why your child wakes up early and how to address those issues. Here are a few things that might be waking her up. Light. Daylight, street lights, or house lights can all cause a light sleeper to wake up. Solution? Cover the windows. Keep the room dark. Noise. Some children are easily roused when they hear voices, traffic, pets, plumbing sounds, or neighbors. Solution Use a radio tuned to a classical music or talk show station and set on low volume, or a white noise machine to mask outside noises. 
You can set it like an alarm to go off on a quiet volume about an hour before your child's typical awakening time so that other noises don't rouse her. Don't worry. If you are using white noise or keeping the volume low, it won't wake her. Another option, if you can, is changing your child's sleeping place to a quieter room. Nature calls? Perhaps her diaper or training pants are wet, or she has to use the bathroom. Solution? Give your child less liquid in the hour or two before bed. Provide several pre-bedtime potty visits. Use diaper doublers or extra-thick nighttime diapers. If she's completely potty trained, teach her how to use the bathroom by herself during the night and leave a nightlight on in the hallway. If she hasn't tried this before, she may not have even realized that she can do this on her own. Comfort Her covers have fallen off. The house has cooled down and she's chilly. Or the heat has come on and she's too hot. Solution Adjust the heat level of the house, put a fan on her dresser, keeping it and all cords out of reach, or change what she wears to bed or the types of blankets on her bed. Hunger Her tummy rumblings wake her. Solution Give her a low-sugar, high-carbohydrate snack before bedtime. Provide her with a bowl of crackers and a cup of water on her nightstand. Habit She has been waking up early for a long time, and now her internal clock alarm goes off at that time. Solution Gradually adjust her night and nap sleep schedule until she is sleeping and waking at a better time. Nap routine She's napping too early, too late, too often, or too long. Solution Reorganize her nap schedule. Mother Speak I put a piece of cardboard over the window and set a clock radio to early morning classical music. Sebastian is sleeping about an hour later in the morning than he was, and it hasn't affected his bedtime at all. Candace, mother of three-year-old Sebastian. More Tips for Encouraging Longer Sleep very often, an early waking child does so out of habit, and it may take a few weeks of consistent changes before you see a new wake-up time emerge. Be patient and use the following tips in conjunction with the previous list and the general ideas in the first part of this book. Apply the concepts covered in the section on your child's biological clock and reset the clock for your little one. Do this by keeping the hour before bedtime dimly lit, sleeping time dark, and breakfast time brightly lit. Keep your child's room dark during all the hours you want her to sleep. Use blinds, curtains, or even a blanket or big pieces of cardboard to keep out unwanted light. Do your pre-bedtime reading by the dimmest light possible and finish the routine with storytelling in the dark. Schedule playtime in the afternoon or early evening outside whenever you can. If you can't get outside, keep the play area brightly lit. You may even want to invest in a natural sunlight lamp, which emits a clear sun-like glow. Try treating the early morning awakening as if it were 2 o'clock a.m. and respond to your child as you do with the night waking. If the windows are covered and the room is dark, your child may accept that it's the middle of the night and not the morning. Children who wake early often nap early, too, usually going for a nap within an hour or two of waking up. This is actually the end of their nighttime sleep. Try holding off the morning nap by 15 to 30 minutes every day until it falls an hour or two hours later in the day than it is now. After a week or two, you should see a new pattern emerge. Hold off breakfast for 30 minutes to an hour after your child wakes up. She may have set her hunger alert to go off at 6 o'clock a.m. By holding off breakfast in the morning, 
you may be able to reset the time she gets hungry. If she can't wait that long, try a small snack, like a few crackers, and delay a full breakfast for a bit. Maintain a consistent bedtime and awakening time seven days a week. Changing the schedule each weekend will likely prevent you from finding success at getting a reasonable wake-up time during the week. What to do if your lark continues to wake up early? If you've tried these ideas and kept to them for a few weeks, but find that your little rooster continues to wake up early, you may want to accept that it's her natural waking time and approach the problem differently. Here are some tips. Every night after your child goes to sleep, put a box of toys next to her bed. Rotate these so that there's always something new and interesting in the box. Tell her that when she wakes up, she can check her box and play with whatever she finds in there. Be creative, but make sure the toys are safe and, of course, nothing noisy. If your child is still sleeping in a crib, you can leave toys at the foot of the crib. Set a clock radio to a pleasant music station and have it turn on at your acceptable wake-up time. Tell your child that she can't leave her bedroom to wake you up until she hears the music. Leave a sippy cup of water in a snack, such as crackers, on her bedside, so that when she wakes up, she will have something to eat. No choking hazards. Make a recording of your child's favorite songs or stories and show her how to operate the machine. Let her listen to her special music when she wakes up. Invite her into your room or your bed. Tell her that if she wakes up, she can come quietly into your room. Let her climb in bed and snuggle with you, or create a little resting area with a sleeping bag on the floor for her. You might even create a fort, such as using a blanket over a card table, and call it her morning nest. Put a few toys and books inside and see if she'll play quietly for a while before waking you. Don't tell anybody I gave you this idea, but as a last resort, it can be a lifesaver. Set up the DVD player with her favorite movie and teach her how to push the play button. Leave a sippy cup of water and a bowl of dry cereal for snacking. This will buy you an extra hour of shut-eye. Childproof, childproof, childproof. Make sure that your entire house is safe for your early riser, so that if she's wandering around while you're still asleep, she won't get herself into trouble. Practice Once you've established some ideas for what you'd like to have happen in the morning, let your child show you exactly what she'll do when she gets up. By role-playing a few times, she'll be comfortable doing as you wish when she wakes up so early in the morning playing with her toys, climbing in bed with you, playing in her fort, or listening to her music. Will my lark ever sleep later? Oh, yes. Your lark will begin sleeping later in the morning, once she starts school, and is required to wake up at 6 o'clock a.m. Frustrating, but true. As children get older, Many of them go through an owl stage, finding it hard to fall asleep at a reasonable bedtime, but easy to sleep until noon. Tooth Grinding Chewing and Clenching During Sleep Our four-year-old daughter often joins us in our bed during the night. She sometimes wakes me up with loud noises as she grinds her teeth together. To be honest, it's a pretty creepy sound to wake up to. Why does she do this? Can she hurt her teeth doing it? Is there any way to get her to stop? The harsh sound of a child grinding her teeth in the night can be eerie, but in most cases, the sound is the only problem for you to be concerned about. It's a common condition called bruxism, and almost a third of all children grind or clench their teeth while sleeping. The majority of grinders are under five years old. 
What are the signs of bruxism? In many cases, like yours, a parent or sibling will hear a child grinding her teeth in the night. Other symptoms of bruxism are a sore jaw, loose teeth, tooth sensitivity, or morning headaches. An older child may complain of these symptoms. Some children who suck their fingers, bite their nails, or chew on the inside of their cheeks also grind their teeth at night. Why do children grind their teeth? The exact reason why children grind their teeth isn't known, but there are some widely held theories about bruxism. Any one of these may be the reason that your child is what professionals would call a bruxer. New teeth might be the motive for grinding. Your child may be acting in response to the feel of new teeth in her mouth. Some children whose upper and lower teeth aren't quite aligned properly may grind in an unconscious effort to make the teeth come together correctly. Other sleep disturbances sometimes involve tooth grinding. Children who snore or have sleep apnea may also be teeth grinders. Dehydration may be a cause. A few studies discovered that children who don't drink enough water, not milk, juice, or soda, but water, have a higher incidence of tooth grinding. Intestinal irritations or food allergies may be a culprit. Children with food allergies, nutritional deficiencies, or intestinal infections such as pinworms may grind their teeth. Nighttime pain can cause grinding. If your child has a painful bout of teething or an earache, it may result in tooth grinding as a natural attempt to ease the soreness. A vitamin deficiency may exacerbate grinding. On occasion, a child's grinding can be connected to a deficiency of vitamin B or calcium. Boosting the amount of dairy products in your child's diet or providing her with vitamins, as recommended by your health care provider, may help. Stress or anxiety can instigate bruxism. Some children release the stress of the day with nightly teeth grinding. This doesn't necessarily mean that your child has excessive stress in her life. Rather, it's just her way of dealing with everyday anxieties. Unusual events, such as a change in daycare arrangements, the birth of a sibling, a move to a new home, or the parent's divorce, may increase the amount of grinding that occurs. In some cases, you may be able to pinpoint the reason your child is grinding her teeth, but frequently it's hard to know exactly why she's doing it. Whether you can or can't determine the reason, any of the treatments that follow may help reduce or even eliminate the grinding. Is there any way to prevent the grinding? A number of ideas and remedies are suggested for stopping tooth grinding. Since your child is unaware that she's grinding at night, there isn't any point in talking to her about it. Doing so could even make things worse, since you'll create stress about it. The following ideas are simple and healthy interventions, so it's worth trying some of them to see if you can reduce your child's nightly grinding. Create a relaxing bedtime routine that includes a warm bath, tranquil music, peaceful reading, or a massage just before sleep to reduce any nighttime stress. The routine itself can also create a feeling of security that may reduce the grinding if it is stress-related. If you wake up to hear your child grinding, gently hold or massage her jaw while she sleeps. This won't solve the problem, but it may be enough to stop her for the moment. Don't wake her up to make her stop, because she's unaware of the grinding, and waking her will just disrupt her sleep cycle. Take your child to your health care provider for a checkup, and mention your concerns about the tooth grinding. If any infections, earaches, or other health problems are discovered, Medication can be prescribed to remedy the problem. Teach your child how to relax for sleep. 
Tell her that she can use these methods if she wakes up during the night and has trouble falling back to sleep. Identify any stressful issues in your child's life and see if you can work to relieve the tension. If your child is feeling anxious about the impending birth of a sibling, for instance, reading a few books together on the topic, shopping for baby toys together, or talking about what's to come may ease her fears and reduce some of the worry. Are there any possible problems to watch for? In most cases of toddler or preschool bruxers, there is no damage happening to their teeth. To make sure this is the case with your child, mention the grinding to your health care provider at your next regular visit. In some cases, a dentist is the only one who can tell you if your child's grinding is creating a problem with her teeth or her jaw development. If you know that your child is grinding on a regular basis, it's a good idea to have your dentist take a look. What will the dentist do if bruxism is causing problems? A dentist can examine your child's teeth for signs of excessive wear, cracks, chipping, or jaw problems. He can also determine if the alignment of your child's teeth needs addressing. In many cases, he may just want to inspect your child's teeth several times a year to monitor their growth and watch for any changes. Most often, baby teeth don't last long enough to suffer any real damage from grinding. If your dentist feels that the grinding is creating problems for your child's teeth or jaw development, he may be able to file the teeth to make them align more correctly. For older children, it's possible that he'll suggest a custom-made mouth guard to be worn during sleep. This is a plastic mouthpiece similar to those worn by athletes. Don't try to self-prescribe this solution. Work with your dentist, since an ill-fitted mouthpiece could become loose and cause your child to choke. Most dentists will hold off on a mouth guard if your child is a toddler or young preschooler. Will my child always grind her teeth? A number of children will stop grinding when all their baby teeth are in, and many will stop once their full set of permanent teeth come in. Some children continue the practice, and some children who don't grind when they're little begin to do so when they are of school age. Some studies show that as many as 90% of people grind or clench their teeth at some point in their lives, but only about 5% of adults grind their teeth hard enough to warrant treatment. Bad Dreams, Nightmares, and Night Terrors In our playgroup, We've been talking about our children's bad dreams. It seems like all the kids in the group have them at one time or another. Some have them more intensely or more often than others, but they all have them. Why do children have bad dreams, and what's the best way to deal with these? The value of sharing stories with other parents is that you learn something very reassuring. No matter what situation you're dealing with, other parents are having the same experience. As you have discovered in this case, all children have bad dreams. Dreaming is the time when the brain sorts through the day's events and emotions. Children spend substantially more time in the dreaming stage of sleep than adults do, so they have many more dreams, both good and bad. The intensity of toddler and preschooler dreams mirrors the intensity with which these little people live, so dreams can be surreal exaggerations of real life. In addition, a young child's vibrant imagination, curiosity, and creativity are evident even during sleep. In light of all these reasons, it's easy to understand why all children have bad dreams and why research shows that episodes of nightmares are at their peak during the ages from three to six. How are nightmares different from bad dreams? Everyone dreams, 
and dreams can be good, neutral, or bad. A nightmare is a bad dream that results in a partial or full awakening. The child, coming fresh from the dream, remembers what she was dreaming about and retains the emotions of fear or anxiety that were the theme of the nightmare. So, in a sense, a nightmare actually becomes a nightmare when a child wakes up and consciously thinks about the dream she just had. What should you do about nightmares? As adults, when we wake up from a dream in bed and in the dark, no matter how vivid it was, we immediately identify the experience as a dream. A young child, on the other hand, hasn't quite mastered the understanding of life versus dream, reality versus fantasy, real versus pretend. When your child wakes with a nightmare, he will likely be confused. For young children, telling them, it was just a dream, doesn't quite explain what they just experienced. They don't have the wisdom yet to understand the fantasy aspect of dreams. After all, most of them believe that the Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus, and Big Bird are real. Keeping this in mind, it only seems fair to comfort children in the same way we comfort them when they face a tangible fear or danger, since the emotions they feel are likely the same. The following are things you can do if your child wakes with a nightmare. The most important thing you can do when your toddler or preschooler has a nightmare is be there and offer comfort, just as you would in any other situation when your child is feeling afraid or hurt. Stay with your child until she feels relaxed and ready to go to sleep. If she's reluctant to have you leave her side, go ahead and stay with her until she is actually sleeping. Stay calm. Your attitude will convey to your child that what's happening is normal and that all is well. Reassure your child that he's safe and that it's okay to go back to sleep. Should you let your child come to your bed? By far, the easiest way to offer comfort and get your child and yourself back to sleep quickly is just to scoop her up and bring her to your bed. Or if she has a toddler bed or floor mattress, lie down beside her until she, and possibly you, fall back to sleep. If this works for you, then you found a simple solution. Unfortunately, though, easiest is not always the right answer. The decision on this topic depends on your family's feelings about co-sleeping and where you are in your own child's sleep plan. If you're not comfortable with bringing your child to your bed, if you are in the middle of a plan to move your child from the family bed to his own bed, or if you've just recently done so, you may want to avoid bringing him back to your bed even after a nightmare. Doing so may create a situation where your child will suddenly start having nightmares just as soon as she goes to bed, which is quite peculiar since nightmares usually occur during the second half of the night or early morning. Just goes to show you how bright and creative your child is. If you choose not to bring your child to your bed, you still have plenty of other ways to offer comfort until your child is settled and ready to go back to sleep. You can sit beside him, take him to a rocking chair for a cuddle, or set him up with a snuggly blanket some soft music, a nightlight, and a favorite lovey toy to snuggle. Should you talk to your child about the nightmares? Let your child set the pace for discussion about nightmares. In the morning, he may or may not remember what happened, and even if he remembers, he may or may not be thinking about it much. If he brings it up and does want to talk about it, let him explain what happened. Keep in mind, however, that it may be a very disjointed story. You can listen with interest and then tell your own version of the story. Give the nightmare a resolution or a happy ending. 
pick out the main points, which may often involve a monster or an animal, and help your child come up with a great way to finish the story. The monster or animal might run away or become friendly. If you have an older child who seems to want to delve deeper into the topic, you can have him draw a picture of the nightmare. Then make a production about drawing a second picture that shows a resolution, or get rid of the nightmare once it's on paper. Crumple it up and throw it away. This technique is often helpful in reducing future episodes of nightmares. What are night terrors? Night terrors are completely different from nightmares or bad dreams. These mysterious episodes are also referred to as sleep terrors, since they can occur during daytime naps as well as nighttime sleep. Any parent who has witnessed a child in the process of a night terror will understand completely why it has the name. It can be terrifying for the parent to observe. During a night terror, your child will wake suddenly, and she may let out a panicky scream or a fearful cry. Her eyes will likely be opened, and her pupils dilated, but she won't be seeing. She may hyperventilate, thrash around, or talk or yell in a confused, incoherent manner. She may be sweating, her face may be flushed, or her heart might be beating rapidly. She may jump out of bed or even run around the room. She'll act as if she's being chased or threatened, or she may appear to be terrified by a horrible nightmare. Actually, your child is not frightened, not awake, and not dreaming. She's sound asleep and in a zone between two sleep cycles, somewhat stuck for a few minutes. When the sleep terror passes, she'll resume the cycle before it was interrupted. The child having a night terror is not having a nightmare, is unaware of what's happening, and won't remember the episode in the morning. So the terror part of night terrors is named not for the child, but for the parent who watches the disturbing scene. Now that you understand what night terrors are all about, it should take some of your fear and concern away. While it may still be difficult and unsettling to watch your child during an episode, you can rest assured that your child is neither awake nor frightened. What should you do about night terrors? This is the hard part. A parent's natural response upon seeing the child acting terrified is to hold him and comfort him, to which he would respond by calming down. During a night terror, however, your child is not awake nor aware of your presence. You may try to hold him, but trying to hold a thrashing child during a night terror usually results in his pushing you away or fighting you off, making the whole thing even more frightening for you. In this case, you can try a gentle pat or touch along with a series of comforting words and shh-shh sounds, but realistically, these might be more to give you a sense of doing something to help rather than achieve any real purpose. If your child gets out of bed, you can try to lead him back. If he's sitting up, you can try to guide him to lie back down. There is no value in waking your child up. In fact, trying to wake him may just prolong the episode. Your goals are to keep your child safe by preventing him from falling out of bed, down the stairs, or banging into furniture, and to get him back to bed after the night terror has run its course. Should you talk about the night terrors? Given that your child isn't aware of what's happening during the episode, since he most likely has no memory of it and can't control the night terrors, there's no reason to talk to him about what's happening. Actually, doing so may just upset him and cause him to worry or fear bedtime. While you shouldn't talk to your child about the night terrors, 
Do remember to talk to a grandparent or babysitter who may tend to your child during nap time or sleep time. If your child has older siblings, talk to them as well. Let them know a little about night terrors and reassure them that what happens during a night terror is normal. Tell them exactly what might happen and how to handle the situation. Take care that little ears aren't overhearing the conversation, since your child might hear bits and pieces and make assumptions about what he hears. This could cause him to be confused or scared. How can you prevent your child from having nightmares and night terrors? To a certain extent, you can't really prevent your child from having nightmares or night terrors. However, some things have been found to reduce the number of episodes or the severity of the episodes. Even if you can't prevent these, some of the following tips will help your child learn how to deal with nightmares or the feelings of fear and uncertainty when he wakes up after a bad dream. Monitor the movies and television that your child watches, during the day as well as in the evening, since scary images can show up in your child's nightmares. Pay attention to not only the shows she watches, but also whatever is on the screen when she's in the room. Just because it's a program created for children doesn't make it safe. Many cartoons and children's shows are filled with images of violence, so choose carefully what you allow your child to watch. Keep in mind that young children can be scared by things that adults might find amusing. Watch your child's reaction, more than what's on the screen, for a true indication of his response. Avoid books that have pictures or stories that disturb your child. Again, watch your child for cues to her feelings, as toddlers and preschoolers can find the oddest things frightening. For example, many toddlers are afraid of clowns, trolls, human-looking dolls, or distorted images of real things. A child who is overtired or sleep-deprived will have more episodes of nightmares or night terrors. If your child is plagued by night problems, the first step is to check out your child's sleep hours, then create a consistent bedtime plan. An erratic sleep schedule can contribute to sleep terrors and possibly to nightmares as well. Aim to have your child in bed at the same time every night and see if this reduces those nighttime problems. Make sure you follow a calm and peaceful routine the hour before bedtime. This will ensure that your child falls asleep while feeling happy and safe. If your child is taking medication, ask a pharmacist or your healthcare professional whether the medication could be disturbing your child's sleep. Children with special needs or those with ongoing medical ailments may have more frequent or severe nightmares or night terrors. If your child has any special health conditions, discuss this possibility with your health care provider or chat with parents of children with similar health circumstances to share ideas. For some children, a heavy meal before bed may bring on nightmares or night terrors. If your child currently eats a big meal before bedtime, Experiment with an earlier dinner time and provide your child with a light snack an hour or two before bedtime. Some children have more night terrors if they are new to nighttime dryness and go to sleep with a full bladder. Remember to have your child use the potty just before she gets into bed, even if she just went or doesn't have to. Encouraging her to go potty one last time before getting into bed may help prevent night terrors. Examine your child's life situation to see if stressful conditions may be promoting nightmares. Stress from situations like the parent's divorce or marriage, a move to a new home, the birth of a new sibling, or the death of a family member or pet can manifest themselves into nightmares. 
If you can pinpoint a problem and find ways to reassure your child that he is safe, it may help reduce the intensity or frequency of nightmares. Some children find that hanging up a sign in their bedroom is reassuring. Make one that says, Good dreams only, or No bad dreams allowed, and decorate it with happy pictures. Hang it in your child's room or on her door. Some children find comfort in hanging a dream catcher above their bed or on their window. The Native American ornament, made of webbing, beads, and feathers, catches the bad dreams and lets the good dreams flow through. Your child may be uncertain about whether what happens in a dream is real or imaginary. During the day, you can begin teaching your child the difference between real and pretend. Point out things in a movie or on television and discuss whether they are real or not. Point out how she can see a picture in her head when you tell her a story, and how this is sort of like a dream that happens when she's sleeping. An older child may be taught how to finish a bad dream by adding a good ending to it. Is there a time to call a professional? Don't ever hesitate to call a professional if you have concerns about your child's sleep. A professional can help you in a variety of ways. These include techniques that can be used to control episodes of sleep terrors or nightmares without the use of medication. You should discuss your child's situation with your health care professional or a pediatric sleep specialist if any of the following occur. Your child has frequent intense nightmares. Your child has night terrors three or more times per week. Your child is afraid to go to bed because of a fear of nightmares. Your child sleepwalks or runs in her sleep during episodes, putting herself in possible danger. You have questions that this audiobook hasn't answered, or your instincts tell you that something isn't quite right. You have tried all the tips provided here, but your child is still having problems with nightmares or night terrors. The Night Visitor Trips to the Parents' Bed Our four-year-old falls asleep easily in his own bed, but inevitably, somewhere around 2 o'clock a.m., we hear a little pat-pat-pat down the hallway. He climbs up in our bed and snuggles in for the rest of the night. We admit to each other that we love our little guy cuddled up with us, but we feel a little embarrassed about it. My in-laws say that he's getting too old for this, and he belongs in his own bed. I do sometimes think it would be nice to have an uninterrupted night. But when I don't let him get in our bed, he gets very upset, and I just end up sleeping with him in his bed. What should we do? Just like most parenting situations, there is no one right answer to this question. The answer is different for every family. I will, however, help you figure out your right answer. To begin with, rest assured that you are not alone. It's perfectly natural for a toddler or preschooler to seek out his parents for middle-of-the-night comfort and security. It's a sign of his trust and his deep love for you. And it's perfectly normal for parents to provide that comfort and security by bringing their child into their bed or by lying with him in his own bed. An ongoing ParentCenter.com poll on this topic has garnered 13,586 votes as of this writing. The question is, how do you handle middle-of-the-night visits from your child, ages 2 to 8? The results confirm that your house isn't the only one that echoes with those little pat-pat-pats in the middle of the night. Forty-one percent responded, I let her crawl into my bed. And another four percent said, I let her sleep in a sleeping bag on the floor near my bed. Thirteen percent said, I take her back to her room and lie down with her until she goes back to sleep. Twenty-six percent said, 
It depends on the situation. It's very common for toddlers and preschoolers to seek out their parents when waking in the night. And as you see, it's very common for parents to respond by welcoming their little traveler into their bed or lying with him in his own. So there's no reason for you to feel embarrassed. What's happening at your house is perfectly normal, and you're obviously in good company. There are many gentle ways to encourage your child to stay in his bed all night. But before I introduce those ideas, it's best if you evaluate your situation. Spend a day and think about your answers to these questions and discuss them with your partner. Are you, your partner, and your child all getting a good night's sleep? If no one else in the world knew or cared about what you're doing, would you be happy with the routine you have now? Do you think you'll be content if you have the same routine six months from now? A year from now? Are your child's visits to your bed interfering with the level of intimacy between the two of you? Or are you still finding plenty of time to meet each other's needs for physical closeness? If you are a single parent, is your child's need to have you with him in bed preventing you from spending your evenings or early mornings doing things that you need or want to do? Are you considering making a change because you want to change? And because it's right for your family? Or is it to appease a friend, relative, or someone else? Did you used to enjoy your child's middle-of-the-night visits, but find yourself liking it less over time, and you're unsure of how to make a change? If tonight your child suddenly began to sleep all night in his own bed, how would you feel? Overjoyed? Happy? A bit sad? Very sad? Or depressed? What specifically about your child's night visits bothers you? Is it that he wakes you up? That it prevents you from uninterrupted couple time? Are you concerned that others are worried about it? Do you want to get pregnant again? Or are you already expecting and don't want an overcrowded bed once the new baby arrives? Explore your own reasons for wanting to make a change. Why does your child visit you in the night? Is it simply a habit? Or are fears, nightmares, separation anxiety, bedwetting, allergies, teething, reflux, or other problems causing her to wake up and search you out? The first step is to take a day or so to ponder these questions and to examine your real feelings about the situation. Often ambivalence and frustration result from not taking the time to identify what you really feel and not having a clear goal and purpose to your actions. Once you have a better understanding of your thoughts and your partner's thoughts, choose one of these goals or create your own. We're going to continue as we are, without guilt or concern, for X months. At that time, we will reevaluate the situation and make a new decision. We're in no rush, but would like to begin making a change. We're going to make gradual changes and anticipate that within X months, our child will be sleeping all night in his own bed. We want to make a change right now, as soon as possible, so we will commit to a specific plan and follow it every night. Don't send mixed messages. If you've shared your bed with your cuddly and sweet-smelling toddler or preschooler, whether from birth or just recently, I can almost guarantee that even though you've decided to move her out, a little part of you doesn't want to let her go. This is natural, given the preciousness of the experience of sharing your bed with your child. If you really do want your child to sleep in her own bed, however, you'll need to keep these emotions in check. Don't make the mistakes that these test families did during the moving process. The names have been changed to protect the guilty from embarrassment. 
Sharon reported that by using the ideas in their sleep plan, they were having great success getting their toddler, Kayla, to sleep in her own bed. She did so for a whole week, and I was getting very excited. Tonight, as she was getting ready to get into her bed, my husband, as a reward for her doing this, invited her back into our room. So needless to say, we are back at square one with more resistance. Monica's husband was the culprit in their house, too. She says, We are going slowly but making progress, and our goal is to have our son moved before the new baby arrives. Thomas is spending every second or third night in his own bed. But I have just realized that on mornings when Frank wakes to find Thomas next to him, there is a great cuddle-fest with Frank going on and on about how he loves snuggling with his little Thomas bear during the night. He asks, Who cuddled with Daddy all night? And are you my little snuggler? Daddy's joy is so obvious that it is a clear invitation for Thomas to continue to sleep with him. I can't believe what I did! Marissa's new message came just a week after she emailed to tell me that Gracie was making far fewer visits to her mommy's bed during the night. I woke up last night and realized that Gracie was spending yet another night in her own bed. I missed her next to me so much that I went into her room and climbed into bed with her. Now, tonight, we're heading up to get ready for bed, and sure enough, She's asking me to sleep in her bed with her again. I think I've just created a whole new problem. Please help. When I shared these stories with the mom of a 14-year-old boy, she just laughed. You have no idea, she exclaimed. My own son slept on a sleeping bag in our room once or twice a week until he was 12. Then we went on a month-long vacation. When we returned, he just stopped coming into our room. A month passed, and one night I was stunned to hear my husband, a very independent he-man sort of guy, by the way, say to our son, Hey, Nathan, you want to camp in our room tonight? When I stood gaping at him, his only response was a shrug and, I've missed him. What was your instinctive response to my friend's story? Did you shudder to think you could have your child sleeping nearby for so many years to come? Or was your first response one of joy for this close-knit family? There isn't a right answer, you know. Either response is normal. If any of these situations strike a chord with you or shake up your image of what you really want to do right now, I suggest you back up a bit. Re-listen to the beginning of this section and take another day or so to examine your genuine feelings and your family's needs. Realize, too, that this isn't an all-or-nothing state of affairs. It isn't always necessary to have a 100% rule against children in your bed. You may want to find a compromise that fits your unique family situation such as allowing morning snuggles, post-nightmare visits, or pajama parties on the weekends. It is okay to make a change, you know. For those of you who are still with me, those of you who have decided that it's time to move your little cuddler out of your bed and say goodbye to those nighttime pokes from little elbows and toes, let me reassure you, that it's perfectly fine to make this change. There is no one right age or time or situation to adhere to. It's just a matter of parental choice. If you're ready, you're ready. Your child is obviously well-loved and secure, and those feelings won't change when you use a sensitive, loving method to keep her sleeping in her own bed all night long. What to do next? There are a number of ways to keep your little one in his own bed all night. Since every child and every situation are different, 
Each family will approach this situation in a unique way. What follows is a menu of ideas for you to choose from. Pick one, two, or more that sound right for you and give them an honest try. Keep in mind that your child is happy and would most likely be content to keep things as they are until he's five to ten years old. So if you want to avoid tears, struggle, and anger, then don't expect things to happen in a night or two. Be patient and keep to your plan. Over the next few weeks or months, depending on your time goal, you will see success. How quickly this happens depends on your child's personality and how motivated you are to move things along. Very often the process is erratic. Your child will spend one night sleeping alone, then arrive in your bed the next two, but after that will not show up for two or three nights, and soon a week will go by without a visit. If you have no deadline, then it's easiest to move along at this pace. If, however, you have a reason to rush the process, such as the upcoming birth of a new sibling, or if your nightly sleep is being disrupted, then be more persistent in your actions, and you should have quicker results. The Solutions What follows is a list of ideas that have worked for other families like yours. You can choose from these or combine bits and pieces to create a totally unique solution. Be patient with yourself and your child as you proceed. From bed to floor to out the door. If you don't mind your child coming into your room during the night, but would like to keep him out of your bed, then set up a sleeping place for him in your bedroom. This place can be as simple as a futon and blanket on the floor to as complex as a den made out of a card table draped with a sheet housing a sleeping bag and pillow. Set up your child's sleeping place and show it to him during the day. Present it with a flourish and a happy attitude. You might announce that he's a big boy now and can choose where he wants to sleep, either in his bed or his special sleeping place. Offering a choice is always good. Ask that if he comes into your room, he should please be as quiet as a mouse and go right to sleep in his special place. It's a good idea to rehearse this a few times during the day and once again right before bedtime. These practice sessions will help him remember what to do during the night. Otherwise, he'll just do as he has always done. During the night, if he forgets and climbs in bed with you, just help him down to his little place and remind him that that's where he needs to be. It's perfectly fine to lie with him until he falls asleep at first. It will help him get used to this new routine. Over time, it will then be easier to take the next step and encourage him to stay in his own bed since he'll be giving up only a pad on the floor instead of the family bed for his own cozy bed. The Morning Snuggle This idea shifts your child's visit from the midnight hours to a more acceptable early morning time. Many parents enjoy this plan as well, since they don't have to give up snuggling their little one entirely, but can enjoy it after they've had a good night's sleep. Create a special signal that tells her when she is welcome to come into bed with you. There are various cues that young children can understand. You can choose one depending on your child's age and level of understanding. One idea is to tell her she can come in when it's light outside. This works if daylight appears to be the right time for you. Another is to set a music or white noise alarm to go off quietly at an acceptable time. Explain, if the music is playing, you can come to our bed. If it's quiet, then please go back to sleep until the music plays. Yet another is to make a picture to place on your bedroom door. One side shows people sleeping, the other shows people awake. Magazine photos work, or you can take digital photos of yourself awake and pretending to sleep. When you go to bed at night, 
hang the sleeping side up. Flip the photo over to the awake side when the acceptable time for morning cuddles arrives. The Weekend Promise With this approach, you begin by explaining to your child that you want her to sleep in her bed all night. Tell her that when she stays in her bed all week, then she can sleep with you on the weekend or on Sunday. Post a calendar and let her stick a star on each day that she sleeps all night without waking you. Put a special design on the weekend days. This idea works perfectly for some children who relish their weekend sleepovers in the big bed. Others, though, find it too difficult to separate yes nights from no nights. If you think it may work with your little one, give it a try. If you decide to use this approach and she attempts a visit during the week, return her to her own bed by using the rubber band bounce, which follows in this section. The Special Big Kid Bedroom Some children can be enticed to stay in their room if you choose a special date for the event of their move into their own bed, such as a birthday or a made-up Big Kid Day. Leading up to the big day, you can rearrange the bedroom, buy new bed linens, decorate the walls with happy pictures or posters, and put glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling. Don't make too many big changes to the room, though. If it's entirely unfamiliar, it may not be inviting come bedtime. For a few weeks or months leading to the event, talk about what a big girl or big boy he'll be and make sleeping in his bed all night a milestone occurrence. When the big day arrives, have a cake and a few presents, if you wish. Sleep-related items such as a new book and a stuffed animal are good choices. Take a picture of your child in his new big kid room, then cross your fingers. If he still ends up in your room, and there's a good chance he will, use the rubber band bounce that follows and take him back to his room. The Rubber Band Bounce This is a good idea for a family who wants to make a quick change to their middle-of-the-night routine and for a parent who's willing to get out of bed repeatedly for a week or so. When you're consistent, this plan often has excellent results after a week or two. Just before your bedtime routine begins, Explain briefly why you want her to stay in her bed. Say, for example, When you come in my room during the night, you wake me up and then I'm grumpy. Tell her that you want her to stay in her bed all night long. Begin the night with a pleasant, peaceful go-to-bed routine. Finish it with your child in her bed. Anytime she gets up, every time she gets out of bed, Calmly, peacefully, and lovingly put her back to bed. Kiss her, hug her, rub her back. Even sit or lie next to her until she falls back to sleep if necessary. Don't talk much, don't turn on any lights, and choose a key phrase to repeat to her a few times, such as, It's night-night time now. Mommy loves you. Please stay in your bed and have sweet dreams. You may have to repeat this ten times the first few nights, but with real consistency, you should see this process reduce nighttime visits quickly. In order for this to work, you need to be calm, boring, loving, and very consistent. Create new sleep associations. Take a look at your child's bedtime routine. How does he fall asleep at night? In part one of this book, we talked about sleep associations and brief awakenings between sleep stages. If your child is falling asleep with you by his side and then wakes between cycles to find you gone, it's possible that you are the sleep aid he needs to be able to fall back to sleep easily. If he learns how to fall asleep without you, he may then sleep all night without leaving his bed. If this is the case, incorporate into your sleep plan some of the suggestions from Mommy Stay, needing a parent's help to fall asleep.
Gift-Wrapped Motivation My sleep survey uncovered the fact that most preschoolers can be highly motivated to make changes when offered a prize, which I'm sure, if you have a preschooler, is no great surprise to you. There are several approaches you can use. The sticker approach has been a popular choice. Purchase a calendar and put it in a visible place on the wall. Allow your child to put a sticker on the calendar each morning after he stays in his own bed. A nice twist is to have two kinds of stickers, big special ones for successful nights and smaller stickers for nights when he tries. Your child's goal is to attain a certain number of big stickers, which can be whatever number you want it to be, but shouldn't be so many that your child loses interest during the wait. You may want to start off with a small number, say three stickers, and work your way up to ten or so. When the magic number of stickers is on the chart, your child gets a prize. This can be a trip out for an ice cream cone, a coveted toy, or a special privilege. An alternative is to create a prize chain, which can be very successful with preschoolers for goals as varied as bedtime issues to potty training. Here's what you do. Buy 20 to 30 little prizes, such as small plastic animals, a deck of cards, play jewelry, crayons, or stickers. Wrap each prize individually in brightly colored wrapping paper. Lay the prizes all along the hallway just outside her bedroom door. Tell her that any night that she stays in her bed all night, until morning, she gets a prize. Look at, or even better, count the prizes and remind her of the plan every night before she goes to bed. But don't force the issue. It may take her a week or even longer to really get it. Even after she truly understands how to win, she may get a prize one night and then join you in bed for the next three. Don't worry. She'll then earn another prize, skip a night or two, and so on. What do you do when you're out of prizes? In your serious adult mind, you may find this extremely odd, but most preschoolers are very happy to have you rewrap all the same prizes a second time around. Usually, at the end of the second round, the prizes lose their importance. But it doesn't matter, because by then your child's new routine is set in place. How long the process of change will take depends on how strong your child's need is to be with you during the night. She may well feel that you are a much better prize than any toy you could offer, and isn't it glorious to be loved so much?